0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or depending on when you're listening, good afternoon or good evening. This is Drinks With Dub. I'm your host, n Dub, a.k.a. Dub City. Thank you for allowing me into your home, your car, the gym, wherever it is you choose to listen. Thank you for allowing me to join you there and playing along and listening to the show. Now, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that button on your listening platform, whichever one that is that you choose to listen to. Go ahead and hit that button that says like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is it tells you to do. Go ahead and click that so you can stay notified and always have new episodes available. And there is a link in the bottom of the description of the show that will send you to all my various forms of social media. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever it is it tells you to do. Each one is different. Go ahead and do that as well so you can stay In the loop and have some fun In between episodes Now that we get that out the way Today's show features A very good friend of mine A one Miss Rachel Vogt who I've known for coming up on 20 years now, we met on a trip to Australia and New Zealand. This is a student ambassador program. Uh, we talk about that a little bit, but uh, since then she has gone on to do various different things. She is a content creator, a a brand unto herself, if you will, lifestyle coach, intimacy coach, Um that's sort of what she does she's not exactly clear on what to call herself but those are just a few of the things that can describe her and we always have great conversation and this episode is no different you will find a link in the description of the show to her various forms of social media as well and ladies if you're listening she has a special vip page that is just for the ladies and um or femme presenting people uh i'm not a hundred percent sure if we touched on that on how to join that but if you listen to the show and we don't exactly get into that you can follow her on social media and hit her up and find out how to be a part of that or you can uh get in touch with me and i will put you in touch with her and we can get you there and let you join in on her vip page that she does that is no men folk allowed um but other than that that's all i got for you we're gonna go ahead and get into the show it's a great show hope you enjoy it and with that said hit my music
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. Actually, it's just me. No girls. No girls this week. It's just me, but I am not alone. I have a very, very good friend of mine, a one Miss Rachel Boat. Rachel, say hi to the people. Hello. Uh, and me and Rachel. Rachel lives in. You still in Lincoln? Yeah, yes, okay. I am. I know you're planning on moving. I didn't know where you were. It's, it's, in yeah, a few years from now, so I was still in Lincoln. Gotcha, gotcha. But she is from Lincoln, Nebraska, and we met, I guess, it'll be 20 years this summer.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Which, <laughs> God, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> bad. It makes it sound old. But nonetheless, yeah. um, we met on an ambassador program called People to People, and we traveled to Australia together which was an amazing experience. Yes. And the first, my first two interactions with Rachel was I sat down next to her on an airplane and turned to her and asked her if she thought that R. Kelly did it.
2: And yeah, and your specific words were, so you think R. Kelly's guilty?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, and we'd never met each other, and this was like a 24-hour flight out of LAX. And that was your introduction to a white woman from the Midwest.
1: Yeah, I need to see where she stands. I need to see exactly who I'm dealing with.
2: I passed the vibe check, apparently. It's been 20 years. Yeah, really?
1: Yeah. So that was that. And then later on that 24-hour flight, which we took off on, like, a Monday and traveled for 20 hours and got there on a Sunday, which is just mm-hmm. weird because it's mm-hmm. overseas and all that. But during that time, she made sure that I got breakfast because the airline staff did not want to serve me breakfast for some reason.
2: Yeah, it, it can't, uh, there can't be any correlation to the initial conversation we had and, and the fact that the staff may not even be familiar with who R. Kelly would be at that time. Right. <laughs> I digress. It's fine, yes. We were best friends from the start, that's for sure. Pretty much, pretty much.
1: We, yeah. we agreed on R. Kelly. She made sure that I ate. If you make sure you, If you make sure I eat, you're pretty much good with me. So,
2: Yeah, I'd appreciate that.
1: And and we've been friends ever since. We kind of, you know, it's one of those things that's weird because anytime you go to, like, camps and or stuff like that, especially in, like, school, they always tell you, oh, you're going to make lifelong friends. Right. And most of the time that's not true. Right. But every now and then you do meet some people and it's like you click with them and you do end up becoming lifelong friends and that's...
2: Yeah, we were really fortunate. Um, There there was a very large group of kids, a collection of different states. And it wasn't shortly after that social media kind of became the big thing. And so we were very fortunate in that regard that we all connected, like a lot of people who went on the trip. And there's still a couple of women that I talked to, uh, but nobody as much as you, for sure. And you were gracious enough to come visit once or twice so far. And I haven't been able to get to you specifically. I've been through your state. We've tried. But it's still been really remarkable that um, we can always kind of just pick up where we left off considering it's been so minimal in terms of actual interaction. But, yeah, good friends in all these years. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. it's awesome. But uh, we're here for, I guess, business. I don't know if this podcast qualifies as being – I'm not professional enough to consider this podcast same as business. Same. <laughs> well, you say that, but you're, you're more professional than me. Like you have, you, know, you have calendars and schedules and all sorts of things. but um, Well,
2: I guess I heard the word professional and I went somewhere different because I, I'm much more brass than the average professional. But yes, I have some more organization in my life than I did when I first started my journey, I would agree. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: What I do is I say professional, so I don't have to say responsible.
2: <laughs> oh, I dig it.
1: I got it. So I don't have to say that I'm not responsible. Because it yeah. sounds bad at almost 37 years old.
2: I like it, though. I like it.
1: But um, your your journey, like, since we've known each other, like, your career path is mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Because I know, mm-hmm. I guess, not long after the college years, perhaps. Yeah. You worked at yeah. Verizon for yes, a, a good long while. I did, yes. And then you got into... A pure romance, right? You know, sales, uh, sales team, and you' mm-hmm. just kind of grown and, you know, gone from there. And now, you know, I don't know what you consider yourself, but I consider you to be sort of like basically a life coach. Um,
2: That's a pretty common
1: outside perspective, for sure. Yeah, I would say that too. So why don't you why don't you tell us like how? Your journey, how you got to where you are now and what, you, okay. what you've done and what you do. What it yes,
2: is. Why, yes, why um, a black man from Tennessee would have me on your podcast kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, so I appreciate the yeah, Yes, exactly. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying even in my own brain sometimes. But, uh, yeah, so you kind of hit the gist of it. My first big girl job was Verizon out of college. I didn't use my degree because um, it wouldn't have paid me – crap and I got pregnant the last six months um so I switched to a corporate job with no experience whatsoever and you're right I was there for a while and it was while I was at Verizon that I went to a party for a best friend it was an in-home party uh intimacy is the focus of it bath beauty and bedroom accessories is kind of how they're well known and the lady at the party was like I make six figures a year and I literally was like bullshit nobody makes that kind of money selling vibrators and she was like I'll show you and she showed me so the next week I signed on the dotted line. But as I tell the story, like at my parties, I explain to people that I didn't get into the party atmosphere for the income because, as you mentioned, I had a really good corporate paying job. Verizon takes care of their employees fairly well, almost to a point where it's like you get sucked in by drinking the Kool-Aid. So um, that wasn't when I started. I was actually engaged at the time to my first son's father, and I thought it would be a really great way to pay off a wedding without going into debt. And I was pretty right on. Um, So I jumped in, started doing parties almost immediately, uh, full schedule, three to four months into it. My fiance at the time was like, out of all the businesses you could have picked, I have no idea why you picked sex because you don't even like having it. And um, yeah, I mean, I like the ladies at my parties will laugh and I'll make like this like (gasps) ghastly face. Like, I can't believe he said that because, of course, I was insulted at the time, but it was like. It was the thread that needed to be unraveled because he was right. I was twenty six and sleeping on the couch, but we had been together for twelve years by that point, so I figured that that was actually normal and have a really great relationship to what marriage looked like growing up. So um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at the situation, I called the wedding off about three or three or four months before it was supposed to happen, but it was it was the best thing that could have happened to the both of us We were so much better um, separate, happy individuals than we were parenting. so the crazy thing was is that I went from two incomes to one overnight with a brand new mortgage. So the pure romance thing supplemented the lifestyle that I had I and mean, it was perfect because I didn't have to change very much for Cole who was five at the time. That was my son. Um, so I, I, I love it. Partying is so much fun. And, you know, I was doing something I love to do. I slowly, no, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, but I would say I quickly realized, but slowly pulled the trigger on understanding that I was making full-time money doing part-time pay in this like home-based business. So I walked away from corporate America six years ago and I've been doing the partying ever since. But to kind of bring to fruition what you were speaking about, um, you know, I was, I was like, I don't know how far I was into the business itself, but When I walked away from corporate America, I had 50 women who were part of the organization who were doing intimacy coaching with me, but I didn't know how to lead them because I had never been in a leadership role of that caliber. So that's when I started jumping into the personal development all by myself. Um, I just needed to know how to help these women be successful. And if anybody's ever done any personal development, they tend to see that it doesn't really matter what your initial intention was. It'll start to seep into everything that you do. So even though I was looking for business and inspiration in terms of leadership, it seeped into my intimate world and my financial world and so on and so forth. And that was kind of a wake-up call because um, three years into doing personal development, I really thought that I was at a point where I had everything I ever wanted in my life. I was at that time engaged to my now amazing husband and he had come to our relationship with a son and I had had my son. Uh, They were only a year apart, but then we had a baby girl together. And at that point in my life, she was about six months old, but, um, things were good, but I just want to add this part in because it it adds preface to the story that I had just surpassed six figures in my business for like the fourth year in a row. So I was doing something I was really good at and I enjoyed it, but I was waking up every morning, empty, crying, listless, all of these things. And, um, when I determined that it was not postpartum depression, that was actually more confusing to me. So to speed this up at the beginning of 2019, I didn't know what to do. So I just got my poop into group the best way that I could. I went back to talk therapy. I hired a couple of life coaches. I got into a gym membership. I cut a lot of toxic people out of my life. I started to understand emotional currency instead. And so uh, I, I just got, I don't know, I grew up a little bit is how I like to put it. But it was ironic because it was my parties that did it. I was doing these parties, and if you've never been to a pure romance party, which you haven't because you're a man, but you know, it's all about empowerment, it's all about education, it's all about entertainment. I keep married women married who want to be married, and I keep single women safe. It's all about the empowerment and education of intimacy, the things that we did not learn growing up. And so women love this. Like we love to laugh about these crazy things about sex too. But the universal thing I would often hear was, you know, this is really great information. I love learning about my body and foreplay and da 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 da. But I need my male partner to hear this stuff, Rachel. And I'd be like, jokingly, of course, uh, that's great. You tell them that they suck at foreplay and I'll teach a class about it. You know, and for, there was, there was, that didn't happen. And luckily, as far as I know, none of my clients went home and told their partners that. But it opened up this avenue for understanding that I, I couldn't teach a class like that. There was, there was a platform for it. People wanted it, especially women. They wanted to know. But I couldn't teach them how to have great sex if they didn't know that that started outside the bedroom. I couldn't teach women to have mind-blowing orgasms if they felt guilty or shameful every time they touched their body. It was just nearly impossible because it was kind of an intimidating subject. So I did expel out into the world of everything. Like you had said, I don't like to call it life coaching because it's not really what it is for me because I think it's such an overused term, but you're right. Like that's pretty much what it is. And so when we start to understand that, you might be wealthy, but your relationships might suck, or you might have the best relationships, but you're dirt poor. They're all connected to each other. So when I kind of, kind of open the door to people, not just women, and understanding that you might not be ready to talk to me about vibrators or penetration or consent, but maybe you're ready to talk about how you can't stop fighting with your your sister, or you can't promote it to your work, or whatever. Because they're all connected, and eventually we'll get there. And if you can kind of build some resilience in other areas of your life, it generally will help you build confidence in the other areas you're not ready to tackle yet. So. I think that to finalize this in 2022, I do think I'm kind of going back to the intimacy thing. Like I have to let it stop intimidating me as well. Like if it's my platform, it's my platform, it's my purpose. It's cool. If it's like, I'll never be Tony Robbins because I'm not willing to niche myself or whatever. Cool. But that's kind of where it is, is that people do one-to-one sessions with me. We do classes. Um, The bulk of what I do is absolutely still the pure romance aspect of it, but I'm my own brand to say the least. So that's kind of, the gist of it That was um, a long 30 second commercial But I appreciate you Let me kind of feel it
1: out Well no that's, that's, that's what I wanted You know what I mean Because you know, Like you said I've, I, I never have been To a pure romance party I was Because I am a man I, I was actually Kicked out of my house For a pure mm-hmm. romance party But you yep. know I had yep. to help Carry the boxes upstairs And stuff like that And then it's like Alright Well good
2: for you Good for you Boop In nine years You know that there was Maybe three men That I ever offered To carry my shit for me In nine years
1: <laughs> Really?
2: Yes. Yeah. Man, that looks really heavy. You got yourself a toolbox there. Uh yeah, you motherfucker. It is. And carrying vibrators to your wife's bedroom just so you know.
1: Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yes, you're right, you can't go to parties. Like you like you said, all that stuff is connected. You yes. see that, you know, nobody offered to carry stuff up for you and their women are all at pure romance parties.
2: Right. There's a reason that they need an intimacy coach, right?
1: uh you are brilliant i I already love you more than I did before we started because you're right. that's
2: just you would be surprised it seems so simplistic, does it not? But there's a lot of people who miss that
1: yeah, you know what i mean like yeah. and i know i know I know I've heard you talk about it, and I've heard it in several places people talk you know talking about people's love language, and yes. you know what's important to them yes. and that is you know i've th- i've learned I've learned that that is very true that. You have to, you know, whoever you're with, you're dealing with, your partner or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to figure out what they need and also figure out what they speak, like how yeah. how they show affection. And you also need to learn what it is that you really appreciate. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't, I don't think you can show appreciation if you don't know what it is that you appreciate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole, that's the mindset of what really one of the easiest tools people will like ask me like how do I actually make change how do I actually get going because that was hard for me too i was never inspired enough or taught that i could motivate myself and when you have gratitude gratitude's free and easy because we forget how much we have and we're so cultured into FOMO that holy shit now i actually have a roof above my head and air in my lungs i mean that's enough to get it started but like just like you said it's the same thing in a partner is it's just like when you're like oh they didn't take out the trash oh they didn't do the dishes oh well, yeah. When we can so easily focus on the lack, and that's when we start having pre-resentment, then resentment, and then we just manifest it and stuff that our partner has no idea about because we've been dusting shit under the rug until it doesn't fit no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Love languages are, are something I talk about at every single party I go to.
1: Yeah. One of the things that Britt does for me that you know I love is a lot of times on Fridays she'll she'll bring home pizza from Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. It's just easier, and she gets a yeah. dinner box or whatever. It's like two pizzas and. Some breadsticks, and she always gets uh, Parmesan wings mm-hmm. because I like Parmesan wings. Literally, nobody else eats them. Right. But you know, she gets them because I like them. You know, yeah. it would you know it would be easier to get something that everybody would eat. But it's one of those things. is like, hey, I know. I was thinking of you. I appreciate
2: you. Yes. Yes. Yes, for anybody who's not familiar, so love languages, I just want to touch on this because this is actually interesting. Uh, So just like you were saying, um, the way I describe it at my parties is that it tends to be that just like you've mentioned, we speak different languages. So it's like I could be fluent in German, but my partner might only speak Dutch. So um, love languages are generally showcased in five different ways through quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gift giving, and um, acts of service. And they can blend, Um, but what's really interesting is that, I mean, like, there's a book, but I always tell people, I don't think you need to read it. Honestly, you can go to the website, take the quiz, it's super fucking easy, it's through the Google, take it with your partner, especially if you have children, you can take it with them. Um, But it really does, it helps you understand, like, you know, for most of us, I think we are under this assumption that... It's like physically, physically, we do things for each other, and that's the exchange. But it it truly does help you understand that people have different ways they like to be seen and heard. But the thing I wanted to add to this is, I mean, I've been promoting this in my business for like six years. I learned this year that it was crock crap. Like the people who created it, like used it for their business, and they were like a marriage counseling couple or something like that. But I also reiterate at my parties that you know, honestly, if. If, regardless of what they, their attention was, if, if it's something that can really get you to sit down and get clear on how you like to be loved and then being able to articulate that to somebody, then I don't think it can be wrong. And the interesting thing is that, you know, in the beginning of my relationship, when my husband and I took the quiz, we were polar opposites. His top was my bottom and vice versa. But I explain it to my clients because sometimes they're like, oh yeah, my partner, all he wants to do is touch me and I can't stand any of my bubble. My boo-boo, that was me. Like I don't even touch me when we're sleeping. But this relationship was different because he was important to me and his needs were important to me. And I wanted to fulfill those needs. And so I would physical touch, not my thing, but I would just make it a point. Okay. I'm just going to sit down by him on the couch. So our legs are touching in the car. I'm just going to hold his hand because these are little ways I can become comfortable outside of my comfort zone. And then also my partner knows I'm taking the initiative to invest in us. And now when I took the quiz, Physical touch is high on my list and because it's in this relationship, in this environment, it has changed. And now I feel safe, and now it feels different. So I, I highly recommend them if people have not taken it before. But just like you were saying, Britt, yeah, it's just this little reminder. Hey, I wanted you to know I appreciate you. I, I love you. I know this is something for you. And even better that nobody else touches them, by the way, right? Because then you know it's just a little special treat for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, because, I mean, because it's in yeah. a big order and between, the yeah. days, you know, I would probably get like two, but I get the yeah. so it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, with the life coaching, one of the areas I need coaching in is this podcast because um, for the past few weeks, I have been doing the procrastination files um, because, you know, I dropped released my first episode on the first of yeah. you know, this this year. And yeah. it should have been because I hadn't done an episode in months. And so that first episode obviously should have been like, hey, let me tell you what I've been doing and how I've improved myself and gotten better. But it, I, I didn't do any of that. Um, mm-hmm. What I did was watch Netflix and movies and, you know wasted time. So what would you <laughs> tell someone that has, a tr- has issues with procrastination? Oh,
2: man. Well, first and foremost, I have to tell you, you got to give yourself grace because it, I would wholeheartedly tell you that nobody has been better friends with procrastination than Rachel Vote. Like, you can't argue with me about that. And that wasn't even something that I really was aware of. But then, yes, I was because procrastination was something that I used as a tool to drive. And I will not, not be transparent here. procrastination is still a very large tool. I work better under pressure I always have, but I also think that that's partly ADHD. Like, I like the dopamine drip of the pressure. So um, that's one thing I, I will, before we even go into some tools about that, is when I said, like, the give yourself grace, that's, like, one of my favorite taglines in coaching because, you know, our problem, quote-unquote, society, but also our generation, is that we have grown up in an Amazon Prime world. So we expect results tomorrow and especially when we want change in our life we expect it tomorrow with like I don't even know what else something extra to it It just makes us anxious and crazy and so we get so hard on ourselves when we don't see the change happening and then of course as you know like that's very classic we give up so they're all connected to each other of course because to grow you have to get outside your comfort zone you do not grow in your comfort zone so then that means getting uncomfortable well I want to get uncomfortable because it feels uncomfortable so then I stay in the comfort zone so that you're in that cycle and then procrastination is your best friend so I think procrastination and motivation kind of go hand in hand. Uh, so it, it's very imperative for each individual to sit down and figure out your blueprint is part of the reason I don't like to say life coaching. Part of the reason I don't like when, um, well, it's not when people come to me and ask this, but like part of the reason during my coachings, I don't have specific shit for people to do on, on the first call, the second call, the third call, because everybody's so different. I tried it for a hot minute. Like here's your intake form. Here's what we're going to try. And here's your homework. My life coaches would give me homework, and I wouldn't do them why Why would I expect that they would do the homework? you know, right. and so it is it's very difficult because I think that you have this tangible world where that's where that's how it is. We went to school, we expect that i'll study if i if I have results, that's a tangible success that I did what I was supposed to do. but the we as humans don't work that way. we're so different, and what I believe in my heart to be true is that my job is It's not to be a healer. People have asked me that before and I never thought it was, but I had heard something so beautiful once where it was like, the moment you understand that you did not do the healing, you're the quote unquote healer. Because all my job is to do is to hold space for people and understand that they're not alone, that they're validated by whatever they're feeling, that more than likely it's from their past programming. And all we need to do is be gentle and re-guide ourselves because if 21 days makes a habit and 90 days makes a lifestyle, I'm 36 years old. I'm undoing 3.6 decades worth of habits. How do I expect that I will have change in a month, six months, even a year potentially from now. And even if I throw a bunch of shit at the wall, only some of it's going to stick because some of it I'm going to like. So I'm going to stick with it. Some of it's not going to work for me at all. So it's so like, if that's like the largest takeaway I could give anybody, it's like, it doesn't matter what necessarily what I say on this podcast, it might resonate with you. You might go and change everything tomorrow, but tomorrow you might be like, I don't think Rachel's totally full of shit because it might not be your language. So that is the that's the first thing, is you have to find what works best for you. Like, mine has always been a mix of everything when it comes to, like, just finding my tools. I have mentors who are online. Most of them I've never met. I listen to audiobooks I almost never read anymore because I have three children. I don't have time to sit down and read a book, even though I would love to. So I can pop out three audiobooks a a week from time of commuting. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so that's so, what so I'm saying. You have to find your formula. So I, I, I tell people all the time, I'll tell you what I'm doing but it doesn't necessarily matter. I encourage you to take what sounds good. I encourage you to throw out what won't work and then make up something new based on all of this conglomerative information that's being thrown at you because that's all that I'm doing as well is I'm digesting things from all walks of life, from all areas, from neurobiology to woohoo spirituality. And what works for me, I run with it. And just like you had validated for me, it's obviously working. So you don't have to sign up for expensive classes. You don't have to sign up for uh, one-to-one coaching. You don't have to, but it does make a difference when you have the one-to-one cultivation, because again, you feel safe. You can be vulnerable. You can pull up things that you didn't even know existed before. So that's that, all of that first and foremost. But when it comes to the actual procrastination, so like, I think it is, it's helpful to take it specific. So you're talking about the podcast. What do you feel like what 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 was it that was dragging down for you? Like why you sound like you knew what you had to do. You said, oh, well, I was watching Netflix. So, like, what you should have been doing some research. You should have been making some outline notes, finding some guests. What should you have done? Do you feel like would have made a difference?
1: Oh, there was lots of things I should have been doing. <laughs> I should have been learning how to. I should have really been learning how to make this a better production and do it myself. That's that's been the biggest thing with me with this podcast.
2: Is. Mm, okay well then i'm gonna stop you right there because what you just did was all critical about you like i should have been better at it i should have right okay one of the best lessons somebody ever gave me was done is better than perfect and i have put out some shitty fucking podcasts in my life i have put out some posts on the weekly that have mistyped information right like like grammar all the time rachel f's that crap up my stories mistyped like all about typing too fast generally speaking but it's the same thing Right, so done is better than perfect. I don't know if that's always true, but I'm going to run with it because as long as people are still seeing my face, consistency what matters is what matters, and that is huge for entrepreneurs because consistency breeds predictability, and predictability breeds results. In an unpredictable world in general, let alone an entrepreneur, where you don't necessarily know where your next paycheck's coming from, it gives you some stability so that you can work off of that and not go batshit crazy that you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely yeah yeah that's why like yeah that's why like coming into this year that was my main goal is to yeah like, every week put out something like, yeah well that's
2: it that's, that's it you just have to touch it a little bit even if it's not a full podcast even if you just sat down and you decided i'm gonna do i'm gonna figure out all 12 topics so, like i'm gonna do a podcast a month i'm gonna sit down and figure out i don't even do that like i wouldn't go that far because that's overwhelming sometimes i just do six months out but you know it's, it's those little bits of things what is the most exciting thing about doing the podcast do you feel
1: the most exciting Yeah. It's just it's, it's getting to let loose.
2: Yeah, so the actual
1: podcast portion yes, itself. This is, this is my safe place. I feel that way too. Yes. I can be open and vulnerable on it. This is where I can say what I want to say yeah. and not be judged for it or get the side eye except, from, except for from Brittany because she always gives me the side eye when I say things because I, <laughs> I say the kind of things you're probably not supposed to say. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. But like I said, I just wanted to kind of get your take on that. Um, Yeah. Another thing, and I actually actually talked to you about this, and I did not – I've had a few people ask me questions over the past couple of weeks, and it made me realize that I did not get on social media and make a big proclamation about it. I just – I did it and moved on. But I don't know. It was August, in August, I quit my job.
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which was, it was one of the best things I've ever done and probably one of the scariest things I've ever done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'd been at that job off and on for a long time and that job had always been a safety net for me. That, you know, I know I can go here and earn a paycheck Even if it's not what I want to do or it's not the paycheck that I need, it is a paycheck. Yes. And I have that in my back pocket if I need it, but it was dragging me down mentally and in every other way it could drag me down. And so I left in a way that pretty much ensured that I can't go back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. was a huge leap of faith for me. Yep. I know that's – I'm sure that's something that you deal with on a probably daily basis with, you know, your coaching sessions and getting people, I guess, to the point where they need to be to do what they know they need to do?
2: Yes and no. Yes and no. So I would say um, you are farther ahead in personal development. I'm Like, you innately have always been a wise individual, so I think that that puts you a step ahead of people in general. But um, so – Like, when you look to people to be your mentors, and this is actually more like a direct business lineage between, like, being the leader. Like, they always used to tell us in business, you better expect that your team's going to run at 10% of whatever you do. So, like, I had to run really hard to get girls to kind of show up halfway to me. And the same thing is true of anybody, really. That's why the people I watch, they run at 100x, right? So I can actually run at 10x for myself. So they do way more than I ever do because I need to motivate myself just a little bit. So the reason that I bring that up is because coaching is kind of similar. Like I'm probably not going to be coaching people who are lateral to me and definitely not above me yet. Right. So I probably, I mean, you and I talking is more of a friendship vibe than anything, but I have absolutely, I mean, I definitely think I could be helpful to you, but not in a condescending way, shape, or form. So what I mean by that is generally people who are coming to me are so hesitant to change, they don't even know what it looks like. They don't know why they act the way they do. They don't understand that programming is a thing. They don't know that somebody else basically taught them to think the way that they think. So we're starting like super, super basic level because that was the thing I literally had to break through myself and understanding that I could have a growth mindset. I had a very fixed mindset. I was an incredibly intellectual person. I would never think myself dumb um, on a roll, all that stupid bullshit in school that didn't make a damn bit of difference. But I was conditioned to believe that things were the way that they were. So I would say you're, you're a step above. Like what you had said, being aware that you intentionally sabotaged the way that you left that job so you can't go back, fucking smart. But I, I will say, like I, a lot of people don't know that when I left Verizon, I didn't immediately go to doing full-time PR and I'm just going to add this in because I do the same thing and a lot of us do and we have no idea I was in a regular corporate job that was a nine-to-five so I thought it'd be a great way to be able to build up the business but it was I had off nice to do parties but I wasn't happy and so I was self-sabotaging that job terribly it's like it's so embarrassing that I don't even like to talk about it because I'm like I feel like I have way more work ethic way more integrity but I was doing PR stuff at that job daily like I was filling my calendar like I was doing the job I was supposed to but very minimally so, you know, we do that instead of just showing up and being like, yo, you know what? I think I've outgrown this. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really want to leave on good terms. I really want you to fill this spot. I really want to like whatever. We just do that because we're just so insecure with ourselves and our capabilities that that's the way we think we have to. And so it's, it's no shade on you because, I mean, like I said, I did the exact same thing. Taking a leap of faith is that's what it sometimes requires is I can't go back. So I have to really muddy the water to make sure that I stay where I'm at. And as you progress and as you be, I like to say, add more tools to your tool belt when you get to personal development. What I just said about leaving a situation, you'll get better at that because even if that person would have been like, who the fuck do you think you are? You can't leave this job and be somebody else. You will be at a higher caliber to be like, I see what you're saying. I know why you feel that way. And that's exactly why I'm leaving. So peace out, sauerkraut. It's like, it's a different element. It's just that you just operate completely differently. But again, it takes time and practice. So yeah, taking the leap of faith is scary because again, it's outside the comfort zone. And often what it's going to entail is you jumping into a future that you can't predict. Ironically, that's all the future is, right? We d- we never know what's going to happen in the future. And that's what anxiety is all about is we literally have limitless possibilities, but our brain's job is to make predictions on what could possibly happen based on what's happened to us before. That's how we survive. If I see a tiger in the bush, everyone brain programs me that I don't want to ever be near tiger again. That's how I survive. So if I get rejected by asking a woman out, I'm never going to ask a woman out again because I don't want to feel that feeling. It's, it's literally our primal instinct about survival, but brain just doesn't know that we don't need to stay safe from dinosaurs anymore. So we have to make sure that we override that.
1: Have, have you not seen the Jurassic Park movies?
2: Oh, never. Lord have mercy. We don't have time for that, Okay we don't have time for that okay because um we just don't we just don't because yes yes of course i've seen the movies i love them they are some of my favorites no, but in a real life world okay. see that's where but that's where your movies are trying to scare you and making you think that you do need to really be prepared for that bullshit when that's just it's just hollywood drama okay oh, that was so, good.
1: i like how you i like how you kept on track there I like. yeah it. thank you thank you so much yeah
2: so yes yeah, so the leap of faith is always going to be scary but um when you can say, I mean, the the word or phrase that we use in my circle is monkey mind. It's pretty common in personal development. Your monkey mind is just trying to say, yo, Namaya, you can't leave this job. Who do you think you are? Like you need to say, like you said, the safety and security of this paycheck. You just need to be able to be like, yo, monkey mind, I appreciate the feedback. I know you think I'm going to die, but I actually got this handled. Thank you so much. I'm going to see what happens next. Because, again, if you don't know what your future looks like and there's unlimited possibilities and your brain's job is to pick the most predictable one, but they're unlimited – Why do you think we have anxiety? That's why. Because it's chasing around a million, it's not even a million, it's more than that, of course, potential options. So taking the leap of faith requires whatever kind of practice you would endure. For Rachel, it would mostly be meditation. If I meditate on it and meditation is when you pray to God. I'm sorry, I fucked that up. I want to get it right. Because meditation is when you ask God but prayer is when you're listening to God. And I'm not a religious person, but that always kind of rocked me to my core because it made so much sense. And so if I don't know or I don't have the answer, that's what I do because who's going to tell me? That's one thing I've had to really learn the hard way at 36 is that even though my husband's 11 years older than me and I admire his opinion probably more than anybody is, almost everybody else on planet Earth, he can't tell me what's best for me, not even in my business. He can't tell me. My therapist couldn't tell me. A business coach can't even literally tell me because how do they know how I'm going to transition out of in-home parties to do coaching full-time? They don't. They can tell me what their suggestions are, which is great based on their experience. That's why they're my mentor. But ultimately, me and my higher self are the only ones who wrote this soul contract to be here on planet Earth to play this game. So I have to be able to trust in myself that I know the right decisions. And even if I didn't make it today, I could try again tomorrow. Because there's unlimited options and unlimited possibilities. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad.
1: No, but yeah, like I said, yeah, you know, I just wanted to throw, you know, a couple of things out there, sort of let mm-hmm. the people hear hear you in action because like I said, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And yeah. it's it's fun it's fun to me to see people that you see people that you know and to see how they've grown over the years. And yeah this is this is what I this is what I equate it to. You know, especially like with me and you, and I've you know I've got some other friends out there in Lincoln too. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't see each other every day, like we don't see each other every year. You know, right? So there is some separation there. So the changes I think are more more noticeable. Right. Like my oldest son does not live with me full time. Right. You know, so I notice his physical growth more. Like when he comes to the house, it's like. Like, dude, you were just here, like you know, however many days or weeks ago, and it's like you grew two inches since you know, yeah. the last time yeah. I saw you. When, yeah. When you know, in the same in the same time period, the other two that are here every day have you know could have grown those same two inches, and I didn't notice it because I see it every day.
2: Every day, it's such a progressive small amount. Yep.
1: Yeah. So like yeah
2: well i'm glad that you brought that up though because i wanted to just uh i was just thinking about this today and it's always funny because i would normally say that's weird that's not thank you universe because everything happens for a reason and that's the truth i was thinking about this today about like because i had two parties over the weekend um and they were both almost brand new women there was only like two people in two parties 2 people. that's a, that's pretty big it's not a big deal but it's like it's it, it's kind of validating to me because these brand new women who obviously did not see me nine years ago in my career when I was 250 pounds, I I was quite a bit more vulgar. I know I I use quite a lot of colorful language, but I was quite a bit more vulgar. Like what you had talked about, I think that's part of the reason why we bonded is because we both really have sharp tongues and women really like that about me, especially when it came to sex. And I'm not quite the same. I'm much more, I'm still funny as hell, but I am not as vulgar. I'm more down to earth. I want these women to be more relatable under this very intimate subject, of course. It's, I was trying to piece in my brain today, like, is it easier to impress the brand new crowds because they don't know my history? Or is it easier to, quote unquote, impress these people who've been around because they did see the progression? And I'm glad that you brought it up because if I had to say, I would say people who are very close to you, intimately close to you, it's not the same. Like you had said, you got to see it from an outside perspective. So you got to literally see the progressive growth. And so you can see it. You can tell. And these women who just met me, they know that this is me. This is not a fake. This is not a plot, This is not something I did just to make more money. It's really, truly, authentically who I've become. But when you're growing one thing that people will never tell you, and I did not know this, and I'm getting full body goosebumps, like it makes me emotional. You're going to lose some of the most important people in your life. And I didn't expect it. I expected that I was going to cut people off because I did. And I knew that I was going to have to because they just weren't in the same place that I was. And it's nothing because they're doing, it's not because they're doing something wrong. It's just because we're not in the same place. And I have to be around people who are either going to be in my lateral or above me to bring me up. Because obviously I never want to be in the place that I was before. I was so miserable and I didn't know it. But the people who are so close to you, they don't recognize you. And people get upset when you murder people they love. And so I was not expecting to lose family members, my best friend from middle school. And some of this was like, they didn't even tell me. They told people around me. And these people came to me and were like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, you're not crazy. Things are weird. I don't think you should really do anything, but it it might be over. That's that's hard. It's hard to mourn people that are still here. It's such a difficult dichotomy because you obviously hope and pray that those people are going to grow with you and you're never going to lose them and that they can be as happy as you are, but you can't force it. And when they don't see you in this true authentic light of who you were always meant to be, it breaks your heart because it makes you question at first whether or not you're supposed to go back to who you were and you're not, but it's just, it's hard and it's always going to be worth it because it means that I have to feel these really icky feelings to feel the best I've ever felt. They, They are a package deal. But it it is a word of advice I would bring to people because you can counteract it. You're going to mourn. You can't avoid it. But if you have a community of people who get it or are supportive or who are actively trying as you are, then it's always going to be the best that you can be because isolation is a real thing in life, but let alone in personal development when you don't think anybody else is trying as hard as you are to be the best version of themselves. Does that make
1: sense? Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So I appreciate what you said because I I do know that there are – friends out there that are an extension away. It's obviously not quite the same when your intimate people are falling apart, but it still means the world because I'm not gonna say this is what you said, but it just feels like we equally inspire one another and, and that's that's great. Not only because you're a friend, but because you are a man, because you're a person of color and I'm just a little white woman trying to figure my shit out. So it really means a lot to me. Thank you. I appreciate what you said.
1: Well you're more than welcome and I appreciate you too. And thank you. And I'm glad you brought up the thing about, you know, me being a person of color and you being a white woman and all that stuff, because I don't know if it'll be next week, but here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have you back for Black History Month.
2: Yeah.
1: So, because we've had, we, you know, we've had some conversations privately and touched on it, you know, on your podcast, you know, about racial issues in America. And, you know, I think a lot of what you talk about with personal development Mm-hmm. It can also be applied to, you know, racial racial equality, racial development?
2: Uh, well, and not even think. I will, I will so far as to say uh, they have to. And I didn't even know that that was going to happen to me in the best way possible. I didn't know how intrinsically racism and patriarchy and um, all of that shit was tied together. So... Yes, you can continue what you're saying, but I just wanted to add in, like, I I don't expect that you're my guide through, you know, the heritage or anything that I need to be doing right as a woman that's white or anything like that, but I do appreciate your friendship because I know that there's crap that I need to unlearn. I know that there's crap I need to do better, Uh, so I really look forward to that podcast for sure. Yeah, so Yeah.
1: that's coming up in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime, tell everybody where they can find you if they want to, you know, take your yeah. or just sit back and enjoy and watch or
2: Yeah, or even out. just like friendships wise, because, you know, that is part of it. Like one of the beautiful things about social media and being able to connect uh, via electronic anything is that my I had mentioned the very being the podcast I won't be in Lincoln, Nebraska for the rest of my life, but uh, I would love to connect prior to that, and whatever way, shape, or form, even if it is just friendship-wise, please feel free to reach out to me, so yes, um, I like to do lots of free ways, so a Good Girl's Guide 2 is uh, my Gmail account for easy ways to connect, Facebook's the easiest, you can find me at Rachel Vote. Uh literally that's my profile, it's like rachelvote 12 I think, or something like that, but um, I'm looking it up just to make sure, anyway, I also have a private group, 18 years or older, you have to be feminine energy, so so sorry about that, friend. Uh, but it's a great place. It's totally a secret group. We talk about intimacy needs. We talk about all the things, of course, but there's sales and specials if you're looking for aids um, and the kind of thing I specialize in. I also do have a podcast on Anchor here as well. Uh, It is a good Girls guide, too. So, Oh, yeah, TikTok and Instagram. But my handle's the same all there. Um, So just a little bit of everything. I love that it's a community of people, and I'm looking for others who are really just you know, trying to feel good and then have that ripple effect to everybody else. So that's where you can find me.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Always a pleasure.
2: Yeah, I would say the same thing. Thank you so much to you as well.
1: And I, I'll, considering that, considering I started 15 minutes late, I almost got you out of here exactly on time. We're only yeah, that's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good for sure. <laughs> we're
1: doing great. But like I said, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And, you know, I hope to be back on there at some point. That's always fun. I love it. Um,
2: My only male guest that I've ever had on the podcast. So you'll be back for sure.
0: Yay! Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's
1: right. Literally, the male ego, that's exactly what we all want to hear, is that we're the only man.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, but also real, real quick but fair, but that's the only reason I could have you on there. I haven't found another man suitable to be on my podcast.
1: Hello? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, but thank you very much. I'm going to let you go. We'll talk so, yeah. again in a couple of weeks. And, yes, absolutely. And everybody else, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Look Rachel up. Uh, Rachel Vogt on Facebook. That's V-O-G-T. You yeah. know, that's... Uh, that's like you'd
2: vote
1: does. for the president. and just felt different. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which I always say, she should run for office so her slogan can be vote for vote. But just Too easy. Vote for vibrators. It's better. Vote for something. <laughs> <laughs> vote for vote. Vote for vibrators. Vote for something. I'll be back next week. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you guys for tuning in. And like I always tell you, if you knew better, you'd do better.